Yes, guys, welcome back to the We Talk Pool podcast. Uh, it's been a minute since we last did an episode, um, but we thought, you know, last couple of games of the season, we'd make a reappearance, see what the running's saying. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a lot to fight for. We've about, what, four or five games to go in the league, in the Premier League, and um, yeah, other leagues getting wrapped up, Europe, etc. Um, as we're talking right now, uh, on Monday, the second of May, second of May, <laughs> at about eight o'clock, Man United just kicked off against Brentford. That's obviously a key game for Europe, and Fulham. A couple of minutes ago, just won the championship. Well, they just slaughtered Luton, but yeah, seven nil. <laughs> that was nah. humbling, wasn't it? But you see, uh, Mitrovic as well, forty-three goals in forty-three games. That's insane. It's just a joke, mate. Like I mean, I mean, I remember when he was at Newcastle, and they used to obviously up in the tune. They have um, the Metro line, mm. and they used to call it the Metro line. And for some reason, they, they, I mean, I think a lot of the fans loved him because he was that sort of hardcore player that looked like he was always up for a fight. But <laughs> and obviously, they were missing a lot of that passion for quite a long time. But it just never really worked out for him. Mm. But he's been on fire. I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to leave Fulham when they got relegated. Um. But wow. Nice, some player, isn't he? But we'll obviously see in the next couple of months where we can replicate that in the Premier League, which, of course, they are back in now. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a quick brief look later on at like who might be joining them, because obviously that's still wide open. Mm. Uh, but to start off with, Premier League, uh, no better place to start. As I mentioned, Man United are playing. Currently fighting just about for a top four finish. Mm. But um, although... I read something that if they don't win tonight, I believe it is impossible for them to catch us in fourth. Wow. So it's a big game for them. But mm. uh, not looking at that one, what's your thoughts on uh, the Champions League push? I think they're out of it, if I'm honest. Um, Man United completely out. Yeah, I think that was gone a couple of weeks ago. I think... Um... I mean, it's out of you and Arsenal and Spurs, um, but it's a tough one to call. We spoke about North London derby, where that could decide it if you both keep the standard up. Mm. Um, but obviously, if Spurs drop any points, you'll go into that derby with a little bit less pressure. Well, I mean, we've if we've obviously got Leeds, there's no pushovers, of course, but we got them at home on um, Sunday. Mm. But and Tottenham got Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, so, so this we could, could be, be a good weekend. Yeah, we could be going into the derby five points clear. Well, I think the weird thing is that the way that is perceived this this top four chase. I think Conte is trying to do the old. Oh, we didn't think we'd be here. It's amazing we're in the fight for it, which is really what Arteta. Well, as an Arsenal fan, you've been thinking from Arteta that you didn't expect to be in this position. No, um, but it seems to me that the pressure is mainly on Arsenal because of the fact that they're in pole position at the moment. Slightly, um, yeah. even though I mean we both debated at the start of the season that we probably thought Man United and Tottenham would be the ones fighting for that place just because of the quality in their squad. Mm. But then we've spoken about as well how Tottenham don't actually have as much quality as probably we thought. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the start of the season, I probably didn't. I mean, I don't know if it was me reacting to our poor start or whatever else, but. I, I didn't really expect us with our squad to get anywhere near the Champions League. I think top six was always going to be a target for us. And the fact mm. we achieved it, obviously, has been confirmed now after yesterday's win that we're going to definitely get top six no matter what. It, you know, but at the same time, I don't feel that sense of achievement yet because, like you said, you, we're in that pole position. I think we've come so far. Yeah. And it would just feel like such a blow if we don't get top four like from where we are now even if the margins are so fine. And I mean, go back before the Man United and Chelsea games that week, mm. everyone was like, yep, Arsenal are out of it. Because I think we were six. They were like, well, yeah, you had, yeah, you had a bit of a out. Blip. Yeah. We're out of it. No chance. Things like that. And then a week later, we're in fourth again. And we're the, we're the team who are getting it. You know, Super Mick Arteta has been sung again, you know, but... I think the, 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 the trouble is football fans are so reactionary. And like, we obviously spoke oh, very... about how... I mean, with Arsenal, it, it, you've been actually very consistent, which is strange. And you had that slight blip, as you just spoke about, but that's so natural in a season. Um, yeah, I think it was a very weird blip as well, because like, 
it was against three teams who arguably all safe, but yet all have nothing to fight for in terms of few, Europe. A few teams, a few players out, though, important players out. I remember. To be, um, to be honest, we still have them out now. People yeah. like Partey and Tierney and that, and then we end up beating teams who have all fighting for like Europe and that Chelsea, United, mm. and West Ham. But then ever since Arteta's come in, realistically, other than probably the odd game, against the big teams, you've done all right. I mean, I remember when he first won the cup. No one really, you know, had him down for that at all. I mean, City and Chelsea would be, didn't we? <laughs> exactly what I mean. And, and and this is sort of how United were for quite a while. Um, not this season. They've just been showed up by by sort of the bigger teams. Yeah. Uh, well, the better teams, I should say, not bigger teams. But um, it was it was that sort of... You almost like being the underdog, whereas when you're Arsenal, most games you play, you're not the underdog at all. No. Even though, in theory, having the youngest team in the league, you should be. Yeah, of course. I think... I mean, obviously, every game... I do fear quite a few games in the season, like even teams like yourselves, like going to Villa away or Burnley away. Obviously, I fear those games, but yeah, in my mind, the only two teams who I really kind of write off and say... Yeah, they're better than us. They'll probably win is Liverpool and City. Whereas teams Natural, like Chelsea and that, yeah. I think we can get results in. And obviously yeah. we did at the bridge the other but week. But they're, they're in their own league. I mean, to me, for me, they're the best two teams in the world. And mm. I think they sort of have been for a, a bit of time. Um, and I think with Chelsea as well, and you're not far off Chelsea. No one's even speaking about the fact that potentially you could finish third. Three points <laughs> now, isn't it? But again, I think it's because it's the whole Arsenal... We're making progress, blah blah blah. You don't want to bombard the team with all this praise because then, if next season you don't finish or better where you finish, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, disaster!" But that's football. That's yeah. football. Like if Chelsea went and strengthened or spent a hundred mil and got the players and they wanted, they're still gonna be in a better position than Arsenal, whether or not you would finish above them now, anyway. And yeah. you could argue the same sort of story with with Spurs, other than the fact that I know Christian Romero, uh, Kulaveski, and these players that were on loan. Like you'd expect them to have to buy them players first, and then, you know, that's the trouble with loan signers. Sometimes you you then don't have much left in the kit to strengthen even further. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's it's hard to say if we're gonna, you know, mess up against Leeds now because, like, like yeah. you said, it was just so inconsistent. I think I saw people saying like, no one wants the Champions League a couple of weeks ago, and you oh, can understand yeah. some of these results. Is, it's just crazy, but I think. I think I, t- I think at the end of the day it's a long term plan with us. I don't know how much of it is with Tottenham because I don't know. Conte never seems to be interested in <laughs> in uh, being trouble there. Is, trouble is with Conte though; he's used to being in teams that are, are pretty well. Yeah, they're pretty well built for a title chase. Um, I don't think. I think Tottenham are still miles away from the top two teams. I still think. I I, I think every team in the world is. So I don't think that's an insult to any Tottenham fan, but. Mm. I think the realism at Tottenham is they're players like Son, players like Kane, they're in their prime, they're at their peak. And like the trouble is they don't have the team around them. No, uh, nothing's really being built around them. No, and I, I always think that with them as well. Like, what is their plan? Remember when they signed in Dombele, I think it was something like sixty three million or something absurd. Yeah. Um and don't get me wrong, like being back at Leon, he's he's had some good games and you and you sort of think like he is a He's a player of quality, and he looked like that sometimes under Mourinho. But he, what, what do you want? Like you see it from Pogba. What do you want from a, a midfielder at that co- at that price? Especially a midfielder who is is being told that he's going to be a creative midfielder, and wants to play a bit higher up. Um, I just think it's a big cost. It's a big weight on the shoulders. When you compare that to like a Declan Rice, who might go for way more than that, but you already know what you're getting with Deck. Yeah. I think like he's put him in any team. I think he'd be the same. Whereas with an Ndombele or a Pogba or a, the, the team needs to sort of be built around them. Yeah, I think the team needs to be play a certain way, especially with the likes of Pogba. I mean, Tottenham are a weird one. Their transfer strategy doesn't seem existent to me. I don't. I don't ever know what they're trying to do. I think there's been links of Ericsson going back there, but we're not sure, obviously, because of Brentford. Um, mm. He seems so happy there. Yeah, but they're obviously they're obviously looking for a. Um, Looking for a creative midfielder. I mean, apparently he's just bought a house near Tottenham. Um, someone in my family knows someone who works at the ground and apparently he's always there and that sort of thing. But he played there for so long, so you'd expect that. You don't even know if that's anything to do with him going back there. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's Tottenham spoken about. I think West Ham as well. We've got to, we've got to consider how we we said about how their squad was quite thin, um, similar to you, where there wasn't much business being done. But then playing in the Europa League probably hasn't helped, and then the focus has become winning that competition rather than probably fighting for Champions League spots because that could be a route in. Yeah, I mean they've done fantastically well, really. I don't think a lot of people expect them to get this far, especially as like the strength of the Europa League has just been getting better every year, and yeah. they've done amazingly well. I mean they're losing a minute, but obviously it's only the one goal in it, and so all to play for, really. Well, this is this is the thing. I think as well when we speak about when we spoke about the top four chase to start with, we sort of counted them out because of the squads and and we've spoken about before whether they could sustain this sort of level of playing. Um, and you've had the advantage of not playing in Europe this year mm. um, with your thinner squad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I mean, they're they're potentially what two games away from winning a European competition. So even if they were to to fall out of this stage, yes, it'd be disappointing, but. This is West Ham. This is West Ham who were fighting against relegation um, not long ago where Villa had to beat them on the last day of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know whether they'll sustain it. We've, we've spoken about sort of next season, Man United. Um, looks like they could actually start sort of a project of their own, but you don't know because the recruitment has been pretty poor there over the last few years as well. Yeah, I think we're United, obviously... I've seen a lot of things about Ragnick. Obviously, he seems to be having a rant every week about the current yeah. crop of players. Like this, I feel like he's justified his job that he's done. Though I feel like he's almost coming out and saying, like, justifying why he does certain things. Like even tonight, I think I saw Matter in the eleven and Matic, and they're both leaving, and I just think it's pointless. Yeah, it's like a testimonial game for them or something, you know? It's just it's to me it's stupidity. Like I think you're better off. I think Roy Keane said it. I mean. Don't get me started on the rants they've been having because they weren't like <laughs> it when Ollie was at the wheel and all this. But United have been a shambles for a while, and I think they've covered it up sometimes by relying on individuals. But when players like Matter and Matic are starting, even though you blatantly know they're not going to be there, like is that a message that that these areas are definitely going to strengthen? This is the best we've got because it can't be the best you've got because you haven't played them all season. Nice. So it's a strange one. I mean, I think he's just trying to boost his credit a little bit I've been a bit more open than when he first came in because it was a lot more positive when he first came in but I think having a temporary manager in charge especially when you know the next manager is can't be an easy position to be in no yeah and obviously he would have got like good assessment which I'm sure um, I mean they are running a lot now with Fernandes Um, but they're playing you know what they're playing for yeah I mean they got a very outside chance of Champions League at at the minute but yeah, you don't really know what they're playing for, but I think with United, they're going to have to go a similar route to us. And I think even um, Ragnick spoke about it. Like they they need to stop spending so much on big names just because they're a big name and kind of like focus on recruiting um, younger mm. targets. Well, I think as thing. well, I spoke, I heard um, a high performance podcast who I'd recommend anyone listen to. And David Moyes was on there and they, they spoke about what went wrong when he was at United. And he said, like, the reason he brought in, like, a Fellaini, for example, was the United he knew when he was at Everton, they, they didn't always target the biggest name. They mm. they could target players that do could a job, the culture of the club and do a job, et cetera, et cetera. And they could represent values rather than maybe be the best footballer in the world because that was more important. And they could add sort of the creme de creme player to that as well. But he almost felt like when he went in there, his signings weren't good enough. And then obviously you had the era of signing when Van Gaal was there, signing Di Maria Falcao, who were huge names in football. Mm. And that was probably where, to me, like the names just kept coming. It was almost like, what what are they trying to do? Even now, like I mean, Ronaldo was too good to turn down. Yeah, signing Cavani, I thought it was it was quite a shrewd deal at the time. But then you also thinking, well, what are you? Why? But even with Ronaldo, it's quite why. I mean, I know he's obviously been their best player. He scored X amount of goals. You know, I think he's like third highest in the league or something. But there wasn't a strategy behind signing him. It was City can't have him. We want him. Well, I think as well, I think the trouble is, I think you'll always have a strategy. And this is probably the same at Arsenal. Mm. But when a player like Messi or Ronaldo is probably, there's a huge chance of you signing them. There's probably a point where you kind of scrap that strategy for that player. But there needs to be the understanding that 
it needs to help with the future of the club rather than this player's just coming in because it's like, wow. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, there's there's a difference between trying to get a strategy and just trying to, I don't know, get higher ticket attendance because, you know what I mean? It's like, I think I saw some really stupid link the other day of Pogba going to West Ham and I'm thinking that's never going to happen. But then you also think, oh, imagine Pogba at West Ham. Like, if West Ham had the chance to get him on a free, you think, wow. Pogba to Newcastle, <laughs> mate. Yeah, but can, can you see what I'm saying though? Because obviously they're in a position where Newcastle are trying to elevate um, their sort of branding and, and they're trying to show the world we can attract players. So they're going to, like, there's always going to be links. Oh, they're, they're going to sign Neymar or Mbappe or something. <laughs> because, like, that is a route into sort of attracting other players. Yeah. Um, and But the thing is, when Ronaldo, uh, when Ronaldo joined Man United, it's not like Man United needed that. That attraction, everyone knows how big commercially United are. Um, but then you can almost argue that it's worked out okay for Ronaldo, realistically. Yeah. So it's a difficult one. It is, but I think they're, they're on a process project. Same with us. but um, You'll tell a lot from Santa Hark's first season, from what they recruit, the players that leave. Um, because that is a long-term manager, I feel. But then, and United, I think, will give managers time. They've showed that with Oli. Um, it's just them getting their recruitment right. United player, do you reckon? A lot of people said that at know. times. I don't know because I, I it's not exactly like Jose was there for like a year or or anything like that. Like I think, I mean, he said as well, finishing second was the best achievement in his career, and you can see why because he papered over the cracks. But then, obviously. Similar to what I said about Arsenal, when you set a precedent of, oh, we finished second, everyone then expects you to go and beat that. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But then, yeah, that, that club at the minute, I think you want to see some sort of philosophy changing and you want to see a type of player coming through the door. You know, that is not what they have now. No. No, I think they do no. need to go down like enough of the spending on the one player and kind of spread it more on the... A younger crop, and obviously, kind of. I mean, they got a lot of talented youngsters of, um, in their um, academy. To be fair, I've heard a lot of names being sprouted. Yeah, I think they always will. Um, so it's just about getting that blend right. And I mean, obviously, when you have players like Fernandez have just signed a contract, um, it shows to me that there is some sort of agreement that a player like Fernandez can be built around um, as long as you have the right players, and and they are quality players. There's there's play even like players like Sancho. Um, we've obviously spoke about Rashford when we weren't on on here, and spoke about him coming to Arsenal, and we've had a bit of a mixed opinion about that as well. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind him, to be honest, but I think uh, obviously there's been the links with Gabriel Jesus, mm. which looks likely. But then we also want another striker, more of a. Who would you uh, prefer out of those two? Oh, Gabriel Jesus, hundred percent. Why? Is I it think just the confidence thing. Confidence, I think he also plays more how we want to play. You know, mm. obviously Arteta's philosophy. Um, he's the sort of profile that he's looking for, I think, that can kind of play off the wing, but can also play. I'm not Rashford right Camp. I feel like he just does it more. I think they're both fairly unclinical, though. That, now, I mean, that's the only downfall that I'd have with them. Um, I think... More out and out. Number nine as well, mm, alongside mm. whoever we sign. But I mean, I think is... the positive of both of them is you, you can, as as you said, they, they could be a bit more adaptable. They could play off the wing. They could play up front. Um, mm. So it gives you sort of almost two players. Yeah, um, which is clever, realistically, and they know the pressures of playing at big clubs. So yeah, um, I've I noticed mean, that like... with a lot of um, Arteta signings, a lot of them have been very versatile. I mean, even players like Tommy Asu can play centre half, right back. You know. Ben White can play fullback if needed, you know. I mean, Tierney can play centre back. <laughs> yeah, in a back three, yeah. 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 So we got very adaptable players, and I think that I've noticed that about his signings and also like the players we've been linked to. Mm. Especially as you have sort of quite a small squad, I think that's yeah. really important because you can then mould that player. You can have, I don't know, you might have a shock injury crisis centre back and Tommy Asu is an absolute unit on the right side of, of defence and, and you're thinking, okay, he could be a centre back now. Yeah. And all of a sudden they might find form that they've never had before and that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, I think those two players, uh, I mean, are they coming away from a little bit of your signings? I'm not sure because they are of a good age still. 
Well, I think uh, that's uh, what I've seen is like Eddie wants obviously that philosophy on the 23s we had last summer. Mm. I suppose that was kind of building the base. Yeah. Now this summer, should we get Champions League? We need to build on that. What we I think it's like they want at least two big names is what he said. And then I suppose the rest is more squad building, which so is something we've those, suffered. I mean, we spoke about obviously a number nine. Um, mm. What sort of names have you been linked with? I mean, I saw a faint Guy Barla link across every Premier League club. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of that is more like because he's on a free, in it? I mean, the agent's probably doing his round, but I think, yeah, I think he's been linked to Man United, Tottenham, Chelsea, you. He nearly joined Tottenham last year, if I remember rightly. Mm, I think he was linked, and obviously there's the Conte link as well. Yeah, um, I thought something like a deal fell through or, or something. Again, in terms of his injury record and that sort of thing, his age, the wage that he's demanding, it wouldn't make sense for Arsenal. No. And I don't feel like he's that out-and-out out number nine because I think we're looking for a very no, physical, not. No, not. physical, tall presence, almost like a Giroud, but can score mm. goals, you know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, who, who who would be your preference of, of the people you've been linked with? I, I mean, I've spoke about Ivan Tony. Would he do it at an Arsenal or big club? We've spoke about Calvert-Lewin. Um, goals have obviously dried up for him. Um but again, they're both of they've both played in the Premier League. Um good age. I mean, my argument with Tony is he's he had quite a spell where he didn't score goals, but since someone like Ericsson came in the team, he's been on fire. And I think players like Odegaard and and that sort of player, there'll be a lot more chances at an Arsenal um than Brentford. Mm. Um I mean Dominic Calvert Lewin, you could almost say the same as well in some respect. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know his year's been tampered by injury, but was he like three goals this year? I think he's got. Yeah, and it's not the prolific sort of striker you want. No. Um, but then it's hard because, I mean, these clubs, they come up with random people abroad that you've never heard of or you've heard a little bit about, and some of them are insane. But the, the type of striker you want, you're someone a bit, bit more physical, good in the air, can hold the ball up, can play a bit, you know. <laughs> Yeah, names like Tammy Abraham being popping up. Um, the, you, uh, you want a young Zlatan, really? Yeah, that'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> Need to offer him the trial this time. <laughs> or not to offer him, just tell him it's sign. <laughs> yeah, just calm, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. fella from uh, Napoli. I forget his name. No, no, no. Get his name, Victor... Oh, Oshiman. Oshiman, Oshiman. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then he's, he's a bit more explosive, isn't he? But he's very tall as well, isn't he? That's six yeah. foot something. Yeah, well, six foot is tall for us. Yeah, anything, <laughs> anything above six foot is tall for me. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the thing is, I think there'll be there's there's faith in the recruitment now. I think with Arsenal, when you sign players like William, Petacek, these sorts of players, there wasn't when they weren't turning out very well. There was not a lot of faith in it. Whereas I think every signing that has been made in the last sort of year, you've sort of thought, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, you talked about that the other week. With... <laughs> Apparently, again, like, these are... Yeah, see, to me, these just don't make sense for Arsenal. So, uh, I mean, what other positions do you need to strengthen? We spoke probably about a winger. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would be two strikers and a winger or like mm. the other striker would be considered as... But then I don't know why Pepe's not getting a chance. I really don't. He's yeah. not even coming off the bench. Obviously, I think it's been said you're out the door. That's probably what's happened. I they, think the they said, Look, Pepe. Go on. I mean, you're no better than me. You've seen him live. Mm. Um, but I've, I feel like he's quite one-dimensional, but what he does is quite good. But I think someone like Saka, who has just elevated his game and just continues to just like impress all-round game, he's the sort of player that you don't really see many weaknesses in. No, I think... Pepe don't get a sniff in the door. He's got that explosiveness, like Saka, but I think he gets to a point and he just says, you've got to go for it. He just keeps... Like, he'll do a skill, it'll be like, oh, wow, 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 and then run, make the run. Why are you going back to try to skill him up again? Yeah, he's quite... Come um, on, man. But that might be because he's got a point to prove. I think the players like that, sometimes they're confidence players. Overdoes it. Yeah, and and the cost that he that that he was, and I think this sort of this sort of thing can weigh on his shoulders. It's almost like he needs a run in the team. But then when you've got players performing, you're not going to give him a run of six, seven, eight, nine games. Yeah, it's that... a shame because when I've watched him, he, 
whenever I've gone to see him, he's been phenomenal. Like when he's on it, he is on it. Like yeah. I went to the the Sunderland game and he was nutmegging this fella. I don't know how many times he nutmegged him, but I feel sorry for the poor four pack. <laughs> Surprised this is come off. <laughs> but this is but this is what I mean. I, I I don't know whether it'll be a feature under Arteta like it was with Guardiola, but that sort of that sort of individuality sort of gets lost a little bit. I mean, Mares this season, just off topic, has improved immensely again, but he does less of that sort of thing. I don't know if Arteta was trying to do the same thing as Guardiola. He seems to do this thing where he almost outcasts a player and then suddenly a couple of months later they're like the player of the season or something. But I think you learn a lot about character when you do that and I think if, if he's not responded in the way that Arteta wants, that's made his mind up. I think it'll be key to getting funds. I mean, I don't think to the eight, but it's probably no, one mean, of our biggest that we can make a profit off. Well, not profit, we can make money from. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we'll move on slightly. Um, just want to look at Villa as well a little bit before we go into the relegation running. Mm. So, um, so who do you think, honestly? Now, I know you were saying Tottenham before. You think May United are going to finish sixth, but who's fourth? Have you changed uh, your mind? I, it's tough. I mean, again, I still think I would stick with Tottenham just for the simple fact of the the Son and Kane moments that they can sort of create. Um, and when you've got a few games left, um, I don't think it really matters who you have to play other than the fact they're playing each other. Because yeah. um, if you're in a good reign of form or you're performing, you'll get the job done. I mean, I think They've been struggling to get shots on target, and but they've been quite clinical when they get their shots on target. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, Conte's sort of been in and around that position. I'd like it to be Arsenal because I can see there being a real progression at Arsenal, and be quite interested to see what Arsenal can do having Champions League football as well. Yeah, I'd love but then it. I think that would maybe be a bit. I think any European football for Arsenal could be a detriment to the league. Well, we're we're anything. in Europe no matter what now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think I think it hinges on that North London derby, but I would probably stay with Spurs just for the fact that, in my opinion, Spurs have been quite tragic for most of the season and they're still in the fight. Whereas you you've sort of almost overperformed or you've been very consistent. Yeah. And you're still fighting each other. So I think if Tottenham could go up a gear, I think that could be enough. But you just never know, mate. I'll be honest. Okay. So you're off the Christmas card list, but okay. <laughs> I mean, look, you know what it is? I'd love to swallow my own words, but I think it's, it might be a bit of pride as well, sticking to my guns, but yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even want to say I'm too nervous about it. You know me, I hate predictions, so I'll just let you do the talk on that. <laughs> I mean, we said City to win the league, and that that that, that is... um. Well, so far it's looking, it's looking tight, but um, mm. one slip up and Liverpool back in it again. It's, it's literally what two so points in it. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I think as well. I, I've said before, Liverpool have got the better squad now. I think. I think Liverpool, Liverpool's squad is absolutely insane. I, I, I mean, City have, have the best squad in the league for the last few years. But I think I've said this to you before, where I feel like their squads almost got a little bit weaker. Yeah, you were saying. But I, I don't know whether that's just because there's less sort of individuals. I don't know. I look at it. I just look at Liverpool squad and just think, wow, like the amount of depth they have in them forward areas now. Whereas they have like a bare three. A lot of City's like main icons that have brought them success have been just leaving, really. I mean, Fernandinho's leaving this season. Obviously, David Silva. Where's Sane? Com- company, Sane. I'm not saying he's an icon, but obviously. They then but... had the, the trouble with obviously Mendy. There's always, I mean, before Cancelo came in, how long were they looking for consistent fullbacks? This is it. This um, is it. Whereas Liverpool, it seems a little bit more settled there. Um, they seem to be building thing. on block, more blocks on top of each other sort of thing, like... Yeah, and I think him signing a new deal, I mean, I, I just think they're going to dominate. I, I honestly, the only team that will get near him is City, but I think that I think next season, I, I think the league will be theirs as well, depending on what City do in the market. But, yeah, early but, doors. Early doors. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I want to move on to Villa a little bit. I mean, obviously... We spoke about sort of what the expectation was when Dean Smith got sacked. I mean, ironically, we beat Dean Smith's Norwich to get them relegated <laughs> um, at Villa Park. But it's just been a difficult season because I look at our squad and think, 
what do Villa fans actually want? What do the board want right now? Because we've got, I think, on paper, a very, very good bunch of players. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But there's we, still some things missing. I think, like, if we looked at some of the starting 11s, I think we said, like, you've probably got a top 10, top 10 side for sure. Mm, uh, yeah, and I mean, I think we're missing a, a bit of importance, and that's down the core of the team. I think we're still missing sort of a number six mm. or a player that can break up play and sort of free up McGinn a little bit because I think McGinn, he sort of sat a little bit deeper over time um, before Gerard came in to sort of compensate that. Yeah. I mean, in recent weeks, we've Jacob Ramsey, can I just say this season as well, he's nailed down a starting 11 place, and it shouldn't be that easy realistically to get into. I was starting 11, but he's been immense. Yeah, um, that, that was big getting that contract sorted as well. Yeah, and then obviously against Norwich, we played the young English lad. I'm not even going to try and say his name. I said it to you earlier, and it just, I was, my tongue was in twisters. But again, he's got the physicality of someone who's played in the Premier League for quite a while. Um, but I still think we're going to go out there and sign that sort of midfielder. We were linked with. Um, uh, the guy that went to Spurs, Ben Anker, whatever his name is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were also linked with um, Basuma. And it's just these, these sort of physical players that I think we've been linked with. So I, I fully expect that to be an area that we look at. Um, mm. And then obviously, centre back's been slightly strange. Obviously, Chambers has been preferred with Mings, but there was some quiet little talks that he wasn't really happy with Mings being the captain. Don't I don't really know why, but there must be stuff going on behind closed doors, or that could be false. But yeah, I mean, I I just think we need to sort of know what our, what our best starting eleven is. I mean, obviously, I suppose a lot of that hinges on who leads. It's obviously alone at the minute. I mean, I mean, I know he's been injured, but could he be leaving anytime soon? Considering essentially, I mean, I mean, again, I've always been impressed with the technical abilities he has. Um, and I sort of like the way he plays, but I think almost in our forward lines, we've got too many players where, say, for example, you played Coutinho, you played a Buendia, you played a Bailey. Like These are all sorts of players that they can create and they can they can really have like a 10 out of 10 game, but then there'll be like sort of one or two games, three games where they're all missing. And if you have them missing in the same day, you're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, whereas when you sort of play Ings and Watkins together, you know that no matter what happens, they'll be putting in fights and they can come out of a goal. Like at least yeah. one of them. Like you never seem to have them both draw blanks, even though they haven't scored that many goals a season. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Coutinho, obviously, you want him to stay um, because I think everything we do does go through him already. But then obviously, you don't know whether that what that means for Buendia. Leon Bailey, again. I'm not even sure if I want him to stay or I want him to leave because I think he's got ability. But again, we've seen so many players in the Premier League that have got ability that just can't sort of get it right in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whether that's because of fitness or otherwise. Yeah, so I'd much rather our team was sort of built around energy. Um, Younger the, players. Yeah, and the sort, of, the sort of the physicality and the things that you'd expect Gerard to sort of embed in our team, which he's tried to do. Um, and then maybe have that one Maverick in there, a Coutinho or a Buendia who can make that magic happen. And if they're missing for a day, like we can either drag him off or, you know, you, you, you kind of let that happen because these are players that can't produce every single week sometimes. Yeah. So, um, would you want to be into Villa Park or what links have you seen already? I mean, it's quite difficult because we're still, I think quietly, we've still been linked with Pesuma. Um, but then you can argue, I mean, I wouldn't make the argument, but some might say that Brighton is, and Villa are sort of on the same sort of trage- trajectory. Um, yeah. And I think for him to leave Brighton, you're probably looking at a bigger, a, a much bigger club in terms of where they finish their leagues, so sort of like an Arsenal or, or someone like that. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult because, again, with Villa, you wouldn't expect a Coutinho and, and that, that materialised so quickly. But I think that the... The problems have been glaring for mm. quite a long time. That I think there'll already be something in the pipeline, but I just don't know who it is. I don't know. I look around, I don't know who I'd want in that position. Um, but I think that's huge. And I think you've got to figure out then what happens with players like Bertram Troy, El Ghazi, these sorts of players that realistically shouldn't be nearly 11. 
Mm. Um, and then you look at, okay, cool, we've sold them on. Do we then get someone even better on the wing or what, what we're looking at? I just think there's so many players that could start for Villa that I don't really know what our best eleven is. Yeah, I mean, Whereas would you would you be looking to? Enough. Sorry, would you be looking to um, squad build or more perfect the starting eleven? Like, what's what would you think Villa's at at the minute? Well, I think we've had a couple of seasons now where we've looked to sort of bulk out our squad and bring in quality where we can we can compete in every match. That's sort of been the aim. Um, but I'd like to now just sort of. I wouldn't say nailed down at 11 every week, but it'd be nice to sort of know the general gist of what's going on because, yeah. I mean, there's, there's been so many fans I want Coutinho and Buendia to play together, but obviously I see problems with that. But then again, Buendia is one of them players like a Pepe who needs to run in the team and, and he's looked quite lively at times. Yeah. Um, and then Coutinho, you don't really want to buy him in and, and put him on the bench because why, why would you do that? And the wages that you'd be paying him, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um it can be quite tough. I mean, even the Ings-Watkins debate, I like the fact of them firing it out. But Danny Ings has been one of the most prolific strikers in the Premier League for a long time. It's quite under the radar. Um, so you wanted him. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, and he's not going to go and sit on the bench. No. So it's a difficult one. I want to know sort of, this is what I want to see over the summer. It's very hard for me this summer talking transfers with Villa because I know what we need. But again, it all depends on the other sort of movements. I don't think we realistically need many attacking players. Well, um, I, just, I just saw. Um, I don't know. I think it's more. It's not a, someone's. A, uh, someone said Aston Villa must chase. Sorry, say that again. It's but just again, an opinion we'll... piece I've come across, but. Uh, I mean, I, I, again, you'd you'd expect Villa to be a step up from Palace, but. It's not really the step that he's sort of shown that he wants. I mean, uh, for me, if Zaha, if Zaha leaves, he goes to someone like a Newcastle that can take a punt on a player of his age. I'm not mm. saying he's old, but I'm saying he's an already made player. But I don't think we necessarily need that one of them within the park. I think we need. Look, if you're keeping Coutinho, which is which could be huge. He's not a young player himself. But you know what what you get with Coutinho, it says on the tin. You know every week what you're going to get with him. Yeah, some weeks it will work, some weeks it won't, and I think you need to then build around that. And I think Zaha, with me, to be honest, something that I've never liked with Zaha is that sort of ego, and uh, I think he could be difficult to manage. But I think Vieira seems to have got him in where he wants him, and I don't know whether Gerard will have the patience with him. I don't think he's a Villa. I don't think he's a Villa signing right now. But we've gone through a window or a transition time where we've been buying ready-made players. Um, and just trying to squeeze them into the 11. But that's what Dean Smith got sacked for when he tried changing the system to play a five at the back to get Twan in and then try playing Watkins and Ings together. And it was just almost like he was just trying to play players because he had to. Yeah, rather than actually kind of get, trying to get a system. Yeah, and that's what I want, to be honest. But I definitely think we need that number six. I think potentially still a centre-back. Um I mean, how but... about outgoings? I mean, a lot of, a lot of, I've seen a lot of rumours of players... Yeah, film again. I'm seeing him to United. I don't know how whether they will go for him or not, but you know, there's there's quite a few names who have got like question marks over their future. I mean, Douglas Louise is an interesting one as well because I think he he's one that's always been linked away. McGinn's always been linked away, and I think McGinn I think could play um, at a club in the top six. I think he could. He's not glamorous to people, but I think he really could, but. Aston Villa, and this is what people don't understand, Aston Villa could be like the biggest club that some of these players ever play for. So you look at like a Leon Bailey or, I mean, Ollie Watkins, um, Wendy, uh, I don't see them going to bigger clubs than Aston Villa. I don't see it. I mean, Danny Ings has obviously been at Liverpool, Coutinho has been at Barcelona, Liverpool, etc, etc. But this is an opportunity they're not going to get back. And I think Watkins, he's going to stay. I think... Buendia is all up in the air, but I think the money we sort of paid on him, et cetera, et cetera, and I don't think he's done particularly badly. I think he stays. Leon Bailey, I wouldn't be shocked if he left. Mm. Um, but then I don't know what it says about the club. If you go and spend that on a player, you've got all that excitement on his debut and then you get let him go. I don't see that as a villain, uh, villain style at the minute. No. But people need to move on, I think. I think there needs to be some outgoings. I think that's more important for us because it's just going to keep the dressing room a little bit happier. 
Yeah. So with Villa, it's more about filling the squad, probably finding what is your perfect eleven and kind of settling on that system. I think. I think so. I mean, being consistent—that'd be the key word. Yeah, and that's what that's what I'm looking for. I think there's such an inconsistency where, um, and I think there is obvious problems. I do think you need someone in midfield to free up McGinn. I think if you went and sold McGinn, you'd be then having to replace McGinn, which is not easy to do because he's got a bit of everything in midfield. Um, but it's doable. If you went and sold McGinn, we could easily bring in two, maybe three midfield players. Yeah. And then again, you're going to have the same problem where you're trying to fit them in. Yeah, keep them happy, etc. So I want a player that can break up play, free up McGinn. Um, and then it depends on Douglas Louise, but maybe you, you, we've got academy graduates, Chuck Wamekar. He's got a year left in his contract as of next season. Big people saying he's the big guy at the academy that's going to make a difference. He was sort of seen as the next big thing at the academy and there's been players that have come out in the same position and have, have started ahead of him from the academy. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind if Douglas Louis stays and then you sort of have that third midfield place as well um, as a little bit of a fight between Jacob Ramsey and, and whoever. But I think we definitely need to hold midfield player. Interesting, interesting. One the camera's not up to scratch. No? Nah. No. But yeah, anyway, relegation hmm. fight. I yes. Want now, I, want now, I want now for you to tell me who you think is going to get relegated. I'm putting under pressure here because I don't even know any Well, yeah, I mean, we, I think we have, I mean, Norwich obviously down. We both got that right. Watford. And Watford, yeah. Wow, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, mathematically, technically, this. Yeah, I mean, it'll take like a miracle for them to get out. So yeah, they're basically down. Um, and, and now uh, we're looking at teams. We're looking at probably Burnley, Everton, and Leeds. I'd say are the three. And Villa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, joking. I think yeah, you're pretty much safe. I think uh, yeah, Burnley, Leeds, Everton for sure. I think it's going to be between them. I think I'd have to look at the schedules to be honest, but I don't know. I feel like Everton are going to go. I, I think it's going to happen. I've, I, I had that big feeling. Um, but even since Frank come in, I felt like they've performed better against big teams. I remember even the City game, they were quite good. Mm. Um, obviously, they've just beaten Chelsea, which I think Massive. they're hoping will push them on. Because Burnley have changed in direction. Even Leeds, I know they got battered against City, but the fans are right behind the manager. It seems like an atmosphere where like they'll dig in deep and they could stay up. And they've all... I think when I look at the three squads, I mean Everton, you'd you'd, you'd think had have the individuals that can drag them out of it, but they just haven't done it. Um, but well, morale wise and and and, and culture wise, I think Burnley, you'd think would stay up. Well, they've had a massive turnaround since Sean Dyche got sacked, which no one expected. I don't think. I thought everyone everyone believed it'd be like their downfall, but they've been they've been phenomenal since he's left. I think, well, to be fair, I think um, Jermaine Genus hit the nail on the head, and I think I've never ever agreed with Jermaine Genus, but um, <laughs> he said how um, maybe they just needed a different voice. And we've said before how maybe Daishi was a little bit maybe negative in there, and it was a sort of, oh, that's our Old time. Old style, now. maybe. Yeah, and it might have just been the case of like, look, we've overachieved, it's our time. And now they've got a voice in there who's not doing much different, but it's just telling them it's not your time. Like, but I think, I think it's a big shootout between what you'd expect yeah. in terms of, I think, Burnley and I think the majority of that lead squad are pretty much championship players. I think Everton, the only players that they probably aren't championship players are the forwards, to be honest. But that's it. I mean, But the they would the arguably team, have more quality compared to the other two. You'd think so. But then again, the other two are, you'd think, are more like a team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Individual quality is definitely Everton. But as you said, team-wise... The other two probably tip it at the minute. I mean, Richarlison's been been on fire recently. Since like, I think I think the last few games has been terrific, but um, there's not really anyone else doing it for him. No. The Pickford last game was insane. Can I just say against Chelsea? Yeah, I um, saw. Yeah, I saw the save. Yeah, that was mad. But I think they've got the hardest running. Or Leeds' run is quite hard. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, um, Leeds have got us at the Emirates. Then they've yeah. got. They're at home to Chelsea, then they're at home to Brighton, and then they're away to Brentford on the last day. But again, it's tough. It's it's tough, but at Ellen Road, I mean, Chelsea might be a little bit wobbly, 
Because um, they'll probably still be fighting to keep their third place secure. Yeah, but they'll be the team under pressure probably the most now for the top four race, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. But I think Brentford's doable because their season would have been over by then. Yeah. And Brighton, the fact that you're at home, that could be a good game for a neutral, even though Brighton didn't score many goals, but that could actually be quite an open game. Brighton, yeah, they've not really got nothing to fight for now. I think they're they're quite far off the European places in terms yeah. of catchable with a couple of games to go. Yeah, and I wouldn't expect them to get anything against you, but as we've said before, we don't speak. You never know. <laughs> so, so what about anyone else that's running? Because like for me, I don't think that's that bad in terms of the fact they've got Brighton at Ellen Road and then the Brentford game. I mean, if if Leeds are fighting for their lives and Brentford are safe, that might be a little bit easier than people think. Well, Burnley have got uh, two home games, um, yeah. sandwiched two home games sandwiched between two away games. They've uh, got us twice. I they got. I was about to say they got to play you twice. They got you lot at Turf Moor this Saturday. Then they got Tottenham away, and then they're away to you, and then they're at home to Newcastle. Obviously, they got the hardest running because they've got to play us. <laughs> oh, course, yeah. The no, mighty I, I villa. Tell what, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we've got clean sheet against Leicester. We've beat Norwich, which isn't obviously the hardest way, and we weren't great. But there's still a push for us to try and get in the top 10. So at our place, it might be tough. But there, there, there's there's a chance of them getting points, I think, in in a few of them games. I think Newcastle, terms... again, might be over by then for them as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think in terms of... Um... If we look at how what teams are fighting for, you mm. lot, as you said, I know you said you might get a late surge for top ten, but you know it's probably not like something that you're really pushing at. Mm. Um, Tottenham, well, that's probably the toughest game left for them, especially as it's going to be at Tottenham Stadium. They'll probably lose that. But Leeds, I don't think Leeds. Uh, sorry, I don't think Tottenham particularly like playing Burnley. If I'm being honest, no, but I don't know. I feel like whenever I see one of these. Weaker teams go to Tottenham. I always expect Tottenham to roll over. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. They seem to get some big scores as well, which is, you know, pretty infuriating when our goal difference ain't quite as good as them. Mm. Um, but True. then, they, like I said, Newcastle on the last day, like they're basically safe now. So I mean, they're and more than safe, aren't they? They're, they're top Newcastle ten. Newcastle be a tough one. I think when Eddie Howe's come in, they've been one of the best teams in the league. They have been, yeah. I think they came in there with nineteenth, another ninth, or something like that. They're tenth at the minute, but tenth. they come in there with nineteenth. Yeah, it's mental. But no, not too far um, off um, ninth, only a point. So out of those two, out of Burnley and um, Leeds, who's got the hardest run? Do you reckon? Uh, out of those two, I'd say Leeds. Yeah. Especially in terms of if we're calculating it based on what I think we're fighting things, for. I think the form as well. I think Burnley, um, if they keep things tight, I think they could steal a few points. Yeah, Burnley are definitely the more informed team, I'd say. Like so let's, let's think about Everton's running, because I think I remember seeing... They, I mean, they've they, got a in hand. They had a very tough run in, I remember, and they'll see. Yeah. But I don't know if they've come out of that one now. And it, I don't know if it gets a little easier. I know they play out the last day. Um, well, they've got Leicester away. Right. Uh, that's on Sunday. Then they got Watford away. But then Watford would have probably been relegated by then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then you always see those sort of teams come up with a result. It's weird. The game after they get relegated, yeah, because they've got no pressure on them, have they? Yeah, they suddenly like win like six 0 or something stupid. But <laughs> well, I'd, I'd actually expect them to win both of them games. Yeah, I mean Leicester, Leicester have been a bit of a weird team, and obviously their focus might be on the sort of Conference League game against Roma. And well, to be honest, that'd have been either done by then. Yeah, true. Sunday, but then they might have a final to play. I don't know. I don't know when that is, to be honest. But yeah. um, they're a bit inconsistent. They're a bit of a weird one. Yeah, one week they'll get a result, and the next they'll get a really stupid one. It, as you said, they've been very inconsistent this season, which was mm. surprising because I thought they'd do quite well. Um, I thought they'd finish above West Ham, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, yeah. But they've had so many injuries this year, and I, I don't like to blame on that. But they, like. Their, their top players, Vardy's, Madison's, like, it's been hard for them to get a run in the team. Yeah, it's mad because I even saw the video pop up on my feed like six years ago. A day was that um, uh, yeah. the party at Vardy's house. And they won the league, yeah. When uh, Chelsea wow. Tottenham game 2 2. But mm. uh, no, who, who else have they got then? Sorry. Uh, Evan. So yeah, Watford. Watford. And then they got 
Ever sorry, then they got Everton. <laughs> then they got Brentford at home. Again, mm-hmm. Brentford. I think all three are playing Brentford if I if I just said right. Um and then Palace. <laughs> Possibly you may. You never know. You never know. Um, um then they got Palace at home. And then they got us on the last day at the Emirates. I tell you what. I think Everton's staying up. Looking at those fixtures now, I, I'm going to change my mind. And being at Goodison as well, you know. Well, based off fixtures, I would say Leeds, but I still have a gut instinct that Burnley will still go down. I, 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 I think I everyone wants it. To, everyone wants it too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people want Everton to go down because of the fact that, I mean, for a neutral, maybe not, but it's the fact of people like seeing big, bigger clubs fail. Yeah. Um. And and a lot of people don't like Lampard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think again, as I've said before, Everton are better against the bigger teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not playing the bigger teams, but the atmosphere at Goodison, like if they can get that rock in, they got well, couple... the other day was mad, wasn't it? Yeah, they got a couple of home games in there. I think that could like the Chelsea game could be a big turning point for them, but. Again, I think all three right now, considering where they all are, I think they're all behind who's in charge. I think they're all in that sort of position where if any of them went down, you wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Um, but Burnley, I think... It's a tough one. Leeds got the hardest fixtures as well. Burnley are always there. So, like, Burnley know how to get out of that position. True. Um, but I just can't see Leeds in the Championship yet. When I look at Burnley still being in the Premier League, it's just weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you base that because obviously he's only just got promoted last year but do you base it on like a historical where you see that club I think so I mean, but as well I mean in my in my honest opinion depending on who comes up for the championship if Leeds don't go down this this year they might next year anyway yeah. but I don't I feel like if Everton stay up I don't think they'll be a top 10 club or anything like that but I, I, I don't think that I, I think they'd be sort of 13th 14th near enough relegation but not really relegated if they yeah. stay but I think if they went down I, I don't even know what would happen because they've got so many players that like I think they are championship quality players that people think are probably better than they are mm. and their recruitment's been an absolute mess for so long they throw money at it but they don't seem to get it right no 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 so I don't know I mean it took Leeds so long to get back up Burnley are the only one that naturally could see in the championship and probably staying in the championship if I'm being honest yeah, um, but then Burnley have been like that since they've come up. Other than when they had a mad season and finished on some, they finished in the Europa place, didn't they? I don't know what they were eating that season. <laughs> <laughs> but then they ain't got Sean Dyche, and he seems to be the the king of surviving. So, so, so if we're if we're going based off this, right? Go on. Who's going down? But uh, I'm going to say Leeds. I'll stick with Leeds. Um, I'm going to go for... You know, I'm actually going to back with you. I'm going to go Leeds as well. Mm. I I'm, was going to say Everton. Burnley, but... But I feel <laughs> like that game yesterday, more, the more you've talked about it and the more I kind of reflected on it, I think that's going to be a big milestone game for them in their survival. But just to throw a spanner in the works, I mean, mm. I've said Richarlison's been joking about games. There's been talks that he could get suspended for throwing that thing back in the crowd. You know, oh, the yeah, the flare. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, if they were missing him, that would be massive. That would be. I mean, in all of this, Brentford are probably cackling around that they're in a position they could probably, their performances could dictate who goes down. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say Leeds because of the running and the form that Burnley are in. And it annoys me because if Everton weren't Everton, if we were looking at plain, simple facts of how they performed all season, we'd probably both be saying Everton. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if you if you'd asked me before yesterday, I would have said Everton. But I think honest. they've got. I think they've got enough in there if they can get the home games at Goodison going. I think. I think they'll stay out. I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tight. But, yeah. Um, just a quick look. Obviously, we spoke about Fulham getting promoted. Um, again, another one of our yo-yo clubs doing bits. <laughs> um. How do you think they'll do in the Prem? Because obviously they score a lot, a lot of goals. And like we, we sometimes we see teams that they have elite goals or they score a lot of goals. They can't get that balance right. Ah, it's so hard, isn't it? Like, 
I swear Norwich, them and Norwich seem to dominate the championship when they um, when they come up, and then suddenly they come up to the Premier, and they just they just can't replicate it. Obviously, it's a completely different animal, the Premier League. But yeah, I don't know, man. They seem to throw money at it. That's the I think that's a big problem. There's money. They throw money without cause. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, they've got a manager who's obviously been in the league, um, and you know knows how the Premier League works. But I think. I think there needs to be a direction. I heard someone talking about it the other day. Sheffield United came up, and their and their motto was sort of staying games. Yeah, uh, and it worked for them. Brentford have done something similar this season. Norwich always seem to come up, and they want to play a bit of football. But I think what's missing this season, I think since Dean Smith's gone there, to be honest, they've sort of even lost that, where you don't even know what they're trying to do every game. No, no. And I think if Fulham went all out, they'd be more like a Leeds. But I think what. I think these newly promoted teams can see is for one season, sometimes it's enough staying in games. If they don't improve going forward, they seem to go down sort of the next year or two. Yeah, I think you that know. needs to be the key about it, is just surviving that first That's what year. we did. I think that's what Villa did. Um, we seem to be in that survival mode, but we had enough. I mean, without Grealish that season, we probably wouldn't have stayed up. But, I mean, when you recoup that sort of value, we had that influx and we'd already spent a lot of money and, and you sort of all of a sudden you're in a really good position mm. but uh, in terms of who's coming up with them it's a massive one tomorrow wow Bournemouth yeah. Forest Bournemouth on 82 points Forest on 79 both same games played but Forest in third have got one goal better goal difference so basically a win takes them above Bournemouth yeah, and I think Forrest had probably been one of the most informed teams in that league since, um, well, Steve Cooper come in. Um, mm. I mean, I think nostalgia... Nostalgia? Yeah, Sounds I think it's nostalgic to have Forrest back in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and Bournemouth, we've just pretty much just had them in the league. But again, I, I think Bournemouth's one of them clubs that no one really hates. Nah. Um, Especially since they, Eddie Howe. Yeah, and we've got Parker there as well. They seem to try and play a bit. Um, I think, I mean, history also proves that, to be honest, it's not normally third place that gets through the playoffs unless they're in form. So you can argue that Forrest could sort of still get promoted with Bournemouth if they didn't get the automatic. But as of form, I'd fancy Forrest over Bournemouth. Um, I mean, and then we've got the playoffs. I mean, obviously those two, you'd imagine whoever wins tomorrow will probably get the automatics. But let's just presume. And then you've got you've got the three other positions. Well, you've got obviously forty six games in the, in the league. Um, I think you're right. Whoever wins tomorrow probably does get that automatic playoff. But then, if Forest win, they're on equal points, and then it could be down to the last day of the season. I don't know who they've both got. Um, uh, I'll let you check. But talking playoffs, I think Huddersfield have been in good form. Sheffield United, Luton, Middlesbrough, Millwall, all sort of the teams you'd expect around there. Um, Millwall can't, Millwall can't get. I oh know they can just um, three points. Depends off on everyone them. else. Yeah. Well, well, um, I was about to say, cut you off quickly. Who have? Bournemouth. So again, like it's interesting. I mean, I mean, Bournemouth have been one of them teams as well that whenever they've had the opportunity to. Excel forwards, they've not really, mm. and this is why I'd sort of back Forest in that. Um, but then also you've got to look at his two games left, and Bournemouth have already got that three three point cushion. So if they were to win tomorrow, I think that's it. Obviously done anyway. Yeah, um, and then Forest have got um, Hull on the last day. Yeah, again, to be honest, that's a very very winnable game. Mm. I think that should be a three pointer. So I think it is down to that game, if I'm honest. Yeah, because Millwall could be quite awkward for Bournemouth anyway. Yeah, and again, I mean, as much as they probably are out of it, because they're very outside of chance, they could creep in if results go their way. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they've got Millwall. That's that's their last game. Yeah, um, and it's it's the same. I mean, obviously, my dad's a huge Borough fan, and I'd love Borough to be there. Um, again, big club, um, and I don't particularly see Luton in the Premier League at all. No, um, I would say looking at that playoff, Huddersfield are probably. This is excluding third place because we don't hit RB. No. But I think Huddersfield have just had a rocket of form. Um, so you'd probably fancy Huddersfield or Sheffield United, but it just depends who that third place is. 
Well, if I give you all their fixtures now for the last day. God, it's just pressure, man. Uh, come on, you man. Wanna... You're, the, you're the expert. <laughs> keep, keep the recording and then we can see how wrong I am at the end. <laughs> so, Huddersfield have got Bristol City. Uh, Sheffield United have got Fulham. Um, Luton, who obviously got smashed today, have got Reading. Mm. And Middlesbrough have got... Who have they got? Uh, schedule Preston and obviously like I said Mill Bournemouth so I think I don't think Luton make playoffs I reckon Burrows I think Luton will drop points at Reading I don't know why I have a feeling Luton to drop points at Reading mm-hmm. Borough to beat Preston yep so then you're looking at Borough finishing six um, Sheffield United Fulham I don't it's a bit of a Fulham mm. don't really have to do much and they're away from home as well so it's not like they're yeah I think I think a point would be enough maybe for Sheffield United because I think Luton will probably drop points at Reading which is just a bizarre one but I think they will so I think Luton drop points at Reading I think it'll basically end up being I think Forrest will get the automatic um, obviously only if they beat Wolves uh, Forest get automatic. Then it'll probably be Bournemouth versus Borough, first leg of the playoffs. Uh, then it'll be Huddersfield, Sheffield United. It's so hard to predict. You can't. I don't even want to ask you predictions. Or, it'll, well, or it could be Sheffield United, Bournemouth, and Borough. I mean, out of all them teams. Firstly, who do you want? Uh, well, I want, I want Forest. I want Forest and Borough to go up. Um, I think. I think if Forest get playoffs, if they don't get automatic, I think Forest would be would win in playoffs. Um, I think if Bournemouth got playoffs, I think they might slip up, and I think Sheffield United will get promoted. Yeah, I was gonna say shit. Didn't Sheffield come up by playoffs, or did they win the championship last time? I want to say. I want to say they won it. Yeah, I feel like they. Um, yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but then Huddersfield, we're sleeping on Huddersfield, but like, I think the problem is. No matter how good Huddersfield are, I never see them as that good. No. And that's what that's what's probably yeah. But I, I don't know. Luton could surprise me, but I think even if Luton were to win their first game in playoffs, I don't see Luton going up. I don't think they got that quality. Yeah, I mean, I think the playoffs is out of. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd write. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'll I'll probably think Sheffield United second. No, Forest second. Bournemouth to win the playoffs. Oh, you know what? Let's just go for for once, right? This is what I'm going to do. Scrap my Sheffield United idea. This this is dragging on a bit now. What I'm going to say is <laughs> the top three are all going to go up this year. Top three? Yeah. <sighs> That's what I'm going to say. Because I think Forrest have got the form that even if they, they, they missed it, I think they'd still get three playoffs. And I think Bournemouth have got that quality where I think I think they'll win the game. They will win the game. Sheffield United, I think, they're the only one that could be a bit awkward for them. Yeah, I think they got that kind of experience, didn't they? Yeah, and but then again, it might just be a case of not scoring enough goals. I mean, I, as I say, I want Borough to, but I don't think Borough will. I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs in the end, but I'm hoping so. It depends on Luton and Sheffield United, but um, yeah, I'd say top three are all going to go out this year for once. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find out the last time that happened. Um, well, it might be recently, but as I say, like, it always seems to be the most informed team that wins the playoffs. That's normally the team that just makes playoffs. Yeah. I mean, when we went up, we were the same. Um, no, and then yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think it's always the informed team, and out of those teams chasing playoffs right now, I don't really know who's the most informed team. I think the most informed team in the playoffs have got to be between Forest and Huddersfield. Yeah. So it just depends. I think it's a huge one. I think I think it's huge. This season's been immense, especially in the championship, because even Millwall, Millwall one point off and I haven't even discussed them. Who's Millwall's last game? Bournemouth, wasn't it? Bournemouth, yeah. So Exactly. It's this difficult one. But then a lot of people write Millwall off a couple of weeks. Like you said, it's only three points. I mean, as much as they need a result, it's only three points. Yeah, and, and this is this is what I said to you. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter who you play because if if you play well enough, you should win the game. So, yeah, I mean, if Forest have already got the automatic, um, and then Bournemouth are sort of licking their wounds a little bit because they know they're going to be in the playoffs, that could be ideal for Millwall. Yeah, 
And then what would probably end up happening is that they're not playing each other again in the playoffs anyway. It's gonna be. I tell you what, I need to watch Championship more. I've yeah, said it to you to. before. I, I need to. I really do. I mean, the thing is as well, if Mill won and Luton didn't, um, and Borough didn't. I mean, Mill's. I mean, Mill got a better goal difference than Luton anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's so tough, mate. But I think, uh, yeah, sticking to my guns. I don't think Luton will be in there. But yeah. they everyone this year. They have. I mean, their whole. The last couple of years, they've just been fantastic. They're um, kind of I rise think it's a up. Step too far to win the playoffs, though. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost fairy tale esque, isn't it? I think Nine Wembley. I think you back the biggest teams or the teams that have been there and done it. And I think Experience, that would be. Yeah. I think maybe. I mean, maybe that might do Forest dirty as well if they don't beat Bournemouth. If Bournemouth go up automatically, then it it, it might be in Sheffield United's favour. But then Huddersfield weren't in the Prem too long ago. But I'd probably yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think if Forest uh, go via the automatics, I think Bournemouth will go up. Yeah, but if Bournemouth get it, then I'm putting my money on Sheffield United to go up. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. Yeah, it's so difficult because the third place in the Championship are always always quite a good team, and and, and a lot of the time they don't go up. Nice, no, it's mad. I mean, I've always said it. My objections to playoffs. It's very it's entertaining. Some of the most entertaining games, and obviously it's massive for them. Biggest prize in football. But I've always thought it's just so I mean, bad. I, mean, I think I think I think this is the thing. I mean, like now, Huddersfield and Forest have got like a such a gap on Sheffield United and Luton. Yeah, you look at a seven point gap. So in theory, you'd think okay, the playoffs should be between those two. Yeah. If there is a playoff, but then the playoffs, I just love them, man. They're so exciting as a fan. Um, yeah, it's the high stakes of it, and I think as well, I can just, I mean, I could just love to see Forest in that Premier League, and I think Bournemouth and Fulham as well. Like, no one would mind seeing either of them teams in the league. I think if you if you're looking at Luton going up or Huddersfield going up, you're not expecting a lot. Yeah, even Millwall. If Millwall went up, you'd be sitting there thinking. <sighs> I mean, other than West Ham, Millwall, no one wants to know them otherwise. No, I think they'll. I don't think Millwall would survive very long, to be honest. Yeah, whereas I think the other, I think Sheffield United, Forest, Bournemouth, I think Fulham, I think they've, they're all teams that they've, they've, I think they could stay up. There's a bit of potential there, yeah. So I think that's but, what I'm basing it off. But no, but yeah, yeah. Forest, Bournemouth, huge, man. I mean, if Bournemouth go and get promoted, that throws a massive spanner in the works, and then you're probably looking at, as you said, Sheffield United or Forest. Yeah, I think that's where it comes down to experience. But um... yeah, that dragged out a bit, but it's hard, man. Yeah, man, <laughs> it is tough. It is tough. It's so unpredictable. I think this has been one of the best years for not just. I think the Prem's been. It's been one of the best Prem years. Obviously, a title yeah. race. Title race is obvious, but um, I feel like top four race and other predicaments have been pretty. Yeah. Entertaining. But even the title race has been entertaining at times. Like, yeah, mate. Um, I mean, it could still Liverpool. As I say, Liverpool got the momentum. Liverpool could still do it, but you just you always back City when they're ahead, especially with the fixtures as well. Even the mm. fixtures look more favourable. But um, yeah, yeah, interesting end of season it will be. Hopefully, and yeah, hopefully and Arsenal in the Champions back. League. <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> suit of Arteta. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not, oh, I'd love to see the reaction. <laughs> I love the opening tune. We love it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, man. Yeah, good well, episode. Hard episode, man. So hard episode. Yeah, is what but, it is. But I'm sure we'll be back come the end of the season. Mm. We'll look ahead to the playoffs, whoever they may be, and uh, look wow. back at I look back at how the tables will finish. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure as always, Steve. Until next time, like, share, subscribe and all that. And uh, see you guys in a bit.